This is a Soul Fire production. Hi, this is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, executive coach, performance consultant, and host of the Do I Dare podcast. If you're a leader who wants to inspire, empower, and raise the leadership bar, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Here you will get access to powerful yet practical solutions that elevate your performance and dissolve roadblocks. Do you dare to lead in a way that moves the needle and scales the impact? Yeah? Then let's do it. Hello, friends. This is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, and welcome to the very first Do I Dare podcast. I am, uh, to be honest, equal parts excited and terrified with this new venture, but um, absolutely looking forward to not only uh, connecting with you and learning from you, but hopefully sharing some of the things that I've learned over my uh, career in studying humans at work. I know your time is just so valuable, and I aim to enhance that um, to hopefully give you tools to master it and to inspire you to evolve the way you spend it. That's why as we kick off this new year, today's podcast is dedicated to the topic of time, something I think most of us just never seem to have enough of. And certainly, uh, I don't know about you guys, but in 2020, I did not uh, plan it the way that it uh, unfolded. So before we dive in, I thought it might be helpful to share just a little bit about me, my background, and my hopes um, and aspirations for this podcast. I've been fascinated with human behavior for as long as I can remember. I wasn't always good at understanding it, and I have certainly done my fair share of demonstrating less than optimal versions of it. Uh, It's the curse of being human, right? Well, sometimes the thing you most need to learn is the thing you end up teaching. So I teach a lot. My undergrad degree is in sociology and communication. And yes, quite frankly, I had no idea what I was going to do with that after graduation. And then I ended up getting a master's degree in adult education and definitely thought I was getting closer to my life's ambition. After graduation, I worked in higher education and that proved to be a swing and a miss. In that case, although I loved the nature of the work, Um, applying it in that context just wasn't for me. I needed to see a viable outcome. And that's what led me to the corporate world, where I actually was able to apply my talents, engage learners around me, but all for a means to an end. That is where I felt the most home. I fell in deep professional love with the context of it all. It was complicated. It was global. It was wicked fast. It was outcomes focused and so, so much fun. I worked with and learned from some of the smartest, most talented, and quite frankly, the toughest leaders on the planet. And after 25 years of doing that, I really wanted to spread my wings and apply all that I learned while leading leadership, learning, and development for General Electric uh, to other organizations. I now have clients around the world who wake up every day wanting to make a difference. And those are my people. Those are the folks that I make my work priority. More importantly than where I've worked is how I work. I tend to be quite scrappy, creative, pragmatic, and voraciously curious. Most of all, I'm passionate about humans. I think humans are the most interesting part of work. They are equally the most fun and the most difficult part of our day. I bet you'll agree with that. Like many of you, I learn through experiences and Thus, in my past, I have designed for and teach through experiences. I've been at this a long time, and uh, the this specifically is studying and shaping human performance. And that is what we're going to be unpacking 
in the Do I Dare podcast. So let's start with that topic of time that I mentioned earlier. I bet many of you didn't spend your time the way you had hoped and planned in 2020. And as we enter this exceptional new year, let's plan and approach our time perhaps a bit differently. In this particular episode, I want to introduce you to a few concepts. First, this concept of being selfish with your time uh, and really being able to plan your personal time um, to the degree that you can uh, in a way that's productive, satisfying, uh, and helps you to accomplish your goals. The second is going to be focused not necessarily just on you, but the way you spend your time with others. We're going to actually talk about that in the uh, next episode. There are two evils in the corporate environment, I think, online calendars and PowerPoint. Now, I love me some Microsoft products, but we humans have lost our way with both of those tools. And I just read an article that Microsoft is introducing some sort of tracker where managers are able to actually see their employees' productivity using those tools. In essence, how much time they spent in their calendar, in Excel, in PowerPoint, and in Word. I really hope that was fake news, but um, I have a feeling that some very clever humans decided that that was a good idea and they're trying to create a market base for it. I think it's time we took back control of our time and worked with a bit more intention, not for others to see, but for others to experience the outcomes of it. So let me tell you a little bit about that. I think organizations exchange pay for time, period. Employees, who I will always going forward refer to as leaders, are paid for one thing and that's how they spend their time. Do they turn a profit? Do they onboard new customers or clients? Uh, do they develop a quality product or do they hire the right talent with their time? Do they groom their teams to be more productive and collaborative with one another and with teams across the aisle? Do they quickly resolve issues with their time? Do they take time to sit and reflect and invent and innovate? Do they reduce risks with their time? Are they carving out time to better themselves and then apply those lessons and learnings to their lives? Do they inspire other humans to do their best work with their time? Those are the questions I have for the leaders that I work with. What are they doing with their time? And how do others know that it's value add? Not by counting the minutes applied to an online tool, but by seeing the tremendous outputs involved in all of that effort. So about that word leader, let's talk about that one real quick, because I think that'll give you a perspective on where my headset is. I basically grew up in a company that put a leader in every chair, no matter what your job, you were expected to lead in it. It's not about having direct reports or having a certain pay grade at the company, which I think is how a lot of folks, a lot of companies define who is a leader. Either you are a people manager or you have achieved a certain status in a company. In my case, I think about it differently. I think everybody should lead. And I think, quite frankly, all leaders should also know when to follow. It's more about how you are, the contribution you make, and the impact you have. It's what you do with your time that matters and what qualifies you as a leader, I think. So to ensure you're making the most of your time, let's take it from the top on this one. 
January is the month where I usually shake out how I spend much of my um, upcoming year. It's my reset button, if you will. I think most folks use January as a reset. It's that whole concept of ringing in the new year and New Year's resolutions and those sorts of things. Um, I don't encourage you to think about it in that traditional way because most New Year's resolutions stop after about the 20th day. In this case, I want you to consider this to be a rhythm that you commit to often. Uh, The biggest uh, reset is in January, but you should be recalibrating your time throughout the year. And again, we'll we'll spend a bit of time uh, talking about that. So to ensure that your reset is successful, I encourage you to think about it in a number of different ways. And throughout this episode, I'm going to introduce you to a couple tools, a couple techniques, and a couple strategies that you can take and certainly apply ASAP. This month of January is a great time to do that sort of deep work. It also happens to be my birthday month, so I do all sorts of reflecting in uh, the month of January. So again, this is a two-parter. This episode is all about you and your time. The next episode, which will drop next Tuesday, will be all about the time you spend with others, your kind of annual operating rhythm of sorts. So let's talk about you. If you're human, and I have a hunch you are, you forget to put yourself on the list. You let your calendar fill up with all the demands that others have on you. So what if you became a fierce protector of your time this year? For those of you needing a bit of a structure to this process, feel free to go to KimberlyKleimanLee.com forward slash time, and you can download a, a tool set that talks about all, everything we're going to cover in this uh, episode. So a little bit of background. We humans will spend about a third of our life at work. On average, that's about 90,000 hours. Most of that time, I would um, hedge a bet, is actually spent on how others want us to engage that time. So if we think about how a typical workday came about, here's a little history lesson for you. In the late 18th century, a 10 to 16 hour workday was pretty normal. Factories ran 24-7 at that point, And uh, because of that, workers who were qualified and available became workhorses where their time was applied quite liberally. Um, And of course, managers and uh, owners of those businesses found that those uh, hours were just not sustainable. They were brutal um, and they were inhumane uh, and they certainly didn't end up producing the highest quality work. So there were different leaders like Welsh and Robert Owen and others who advocated for a shorter workday. They had a slogan that they introduced in the early 1800s that went something like this. It was eight hours labor, eight hours recreation, eight hours rest. That was how humans should approach their life. So this whole concept of 888 really didn't stick until about a century later, uh, thanks to the Ford Motor Company. So they ended up cutting down their factory hours to eight hours and doubled wages at the same time. The end result of that was tremendous productivity and the invention of several approaches to manufacturing that companies still uh, adhere to today. So even though this concept of eight hours is rather new, if you fast forward quite a number of years, you find us in the digital age where actually we have gone right back to where we started in the early 18th century. This concept of Long work days uh, have become normal, especially for those who are in salaried positions. We're connected 24 7. 
We work for global organizations where we need to communicate and interact with folks around the globe in uh, 15 different time zones. So again, the complexities of a typical workday have brought us back to working the number of hours that at one point folks fought to contain. So for those of you listening who do not have an average eight-hour workday, uh, this is definitely the episode for you. So I will post a bunch of articles in the show notes for those of you who want to uh, read more about this. Uh, But the tools, I think, once you apply, will certainly help you, again, gain more control and have more intention on the way you spend your time. So we're going to cover two things in this episode. The first is the way you reflect on your time. So a backwards look, if you will. Um, I typically do them several times a year. The largest one is in January. And then I try to review my calendar every week to 10 days to make sure that I'm working on the right stuff in the right way. And again, I'll talk more about that in just a second. The second thing we're going to cover is how to plan your time. This I definitely do every January and recalibrate uh, as things uh, get introduced to my year that might require me to change my calendar up a bit. So let's go back to the first, reflection. So make this a constant, consistent process uh, for you and how you spend your time. Again, people, your company, your manager, your leader give you pay in exchange for your time, especially if you are a salaried worker, because more is expected of the way in which you apply your time. Uh, Now, again, companies are going to take anything in terms of time that you're willing to give. So realize that if you give 70, they will gladly take 70 hours a week from you. Uh, If you give eight and it's a highly productive, efficient, impactful eight hours a day, they'll take that too, gladly. And if you can get yourself to work uh, less hours with higher impact, you will actually be rewarded for spending your time in that way. That's what this episode is all about. How do you get rewarded for having a powerful impact on the limited time you choose to spend at work? So first, let's talk about that reflection. Uh, Because it's January, I'll talk about the biggie first, and that is using January to really reflect on how you spent your time in the previous year. I want you to look at your calendar. If it's online, so be it. If it's paper calendar, even better, because I'm going to want you to take some notes. Feel free to print out the last three months of your calendar if you want to do this uh, exercise again with paper and pen. I think most of these sorts of reflection exercises should be done physically, pen, paper, pencil, and highlighter in hand. And in this case, I want you to think back the last three months, the last year, and reflect on the way that you've spent your time in terms of on people. So did you uh, spend your time looking for new talent, grooming the talent that you have, exchanging out talent that perhaps wasn't quite right for the work that you had for them? Did you spend your time working with your team, uh, either your peer group, if you don't have direct reports, or your direct reports? making sure that they collaborate, they know how to work well together, they're efficient with one another, there are processes and procedures in place that help them get their work done uh, at the highest quality uh, with the least amount of time uh, invested. So how did you spend and how much time did you spend on your talent and in your team? 
What about your products and services? Depending again on the industry that you're in, did you uh, spend any time learning more about them, studying them, where they're uh, really strong and where they need improvements? Did you look at alternatives to them, growing your market, uh, improving the products and services that you currently have, expanding those services? Did you talk to customers to make sure that you knew how your customers bought your service or product, used your service or product, how they wanted your service or product to evolve or change to meet their needs in a different way? How much time did you spend with your clients and customers last year? Think about a percentage. Did you spend your time thinking about what could be delegated, what should have been canceled or postponed, what should have been added or increased that wasn't? How much of your time did you spend reflecting and planning and innovating and building and rebuilding? And of course, and probably most importantly, so in this case, I'm going to think I saved the best for last. How much of your time did you spend on the personal stuff, on your, the things that you value the most? Many of us value work. It's a sense of accomplishment for us. I totally get that. But how did you spend your personal time? How much time did you, were you able to spend with your significant other, your spouse, your kids, parents, siblings, people who mean something to you? Did you have enough friend time? Did you do things, schedule things that brought you joy outside of the world of work? Many of us have friendships and close relationships that were started and formed and are now um, maintained. Um, through work, which is fantastic, but you can't only talk about work. So were you able to invest in those relationships in a way that brought you joy? Did you schedule and then honor rest throughout last year? Did you build in vacations? Did you take long weekends? Were you able to adjust your schedule to um, attend things that meant something to you? a child's activity, a specific birthday party, fly out for a friend's wedding, etc. How did you spend your time last year? Be thoughtful about that. There's a saying that goes, you know what kind of a person you are by the way you spend your time and your money. I say amen to that. And trust me, this is an absolute daily struggle for me as well especially now as a consultant, where people pay me for my time, literally pay me for my time. Uh, And the more I'm able to maximize my time, the more clients I'm able to serve. And of course, the more that impacts my bottom line in a new and different way. So think about that. What kind of a person are you? How did you spend your time? How did you spend your money? Or how did you spend your company's money? Which oftentimes those who are inside of a corporation don't necessarily think about as passionately as they should. So that's the annual review of your calendar. Now I want you to take it into a much more consistent process. I try to do that look, that reflection, weekly, if not every 10 days. I look at how I spent my time in the past and I look at how I spent, I am about to spend my time in the upcoming week. I learned that lesson from a leader at GE who was really committed to managing his time. And he felt an obligation to do that because of the nature of his work and and who he was ultimately responsible to. So I 
not only loved the spirit of that lesson that he taught, but have taught it to my clients ever since. In essence, the story goes something like this. Every weekend, Saturday or Sunday, he would pour over his calendar. He'd do it in two ways. One, he would look at the past week and he would have categories of time uh, and he wanted to give himself a grade on how he spent that time. He'd look at how did he spend his time with employees, listening, questioning, um, talking to them about the nature of, of their work. How did he spend and how much time did he spend with customers, clients, people who either bought the products that we sold or engaged with the products or wanted different products or who were frustrated with our company? So how much time, again, did he spend listening to the reason that that company exists? He also looked at other things like how much time did he spend learning, reading, taking classes, uh, engaging in conferences, speaking at conferences. He also looked at um, the way in which he solved problems. How much time did he spend solving problems and what were the nature of those problems? And then he looked at his meetings, how many meetings he was in. Could any of those meetings be uh, canceled, postponed, delegated to others to act on his behalf? There were a whole series of other things that he looked at, but again, he created kind of a finite list of topics he wanted to make sure were covered uh, in a healthy way in his calendar and that he'd give himself a grade accordingly. And then he'd flip that formula and start to think about the upcoming week. He'd look at what was planned on his calendar and would go through the very same thing. Am I meeting with the right people? Am I talking about the right stuff? Am I spending enough time on the right topics? Does anything need to come off? Do more things need to go on? Do I have enough time to just think? And do I have any swag time just in case there are some unplanned things that need to make their way to my calendar? It was such a terrific best practice that, again, I now leverage the very same thing, different set of conditions, if you will, but nonetheless, the same spirit applies. So think about that. Number one, how did you spend last year? Clearly, it was different for all of us with regard to the pandemic and all of the other crises that made their way into our hearts and our calendars. But then second, start to create a space in your calendar to think about the time on your calendar. Are you spending it in the way you think you need to, the way you want to, and the way you should? And then secondly, Let's talk about how you plan your time. So if the first part is to reflect, let's talk about how you can proactively plan your time to make sure that you're focused on all the right stuff. There's a great leadership theorist by the name of Stephen Covey who has a uh, YouTube video. Again, I'll put it in the show notes for those of you who want to watch it or maybe those of you who need a little refresher You'll see it's quite dated, um, aka around the 1970s, 1980s, but the message is still super strong. So I encourage you to go uh, check it out and maybe even pass it on to your teams. Uh, He has this theory he calls big rocks. In essence, he has a visual in the uh, video where he has an empty vessel container that you can see through. Uh, And he has on the side of that container on his table a series of big rocks, some small rocks, and then some cups of sand. 
he equates those three objects to our time. And in essence, the principle that he's trying to share is all of the things that you consider to be your big rocks should be placed in your vessel, aka your calendar, first. So those would be the things that mean the most to you, the things that are most important to you, the high priority items to you, whatever those might be, you, you discern that. Then he says, after you have your big rocks and then you look for your little rocks, things that you must get done, things that are perhaps a necessary evil, perhaps things that are second priority or lower priority, but nonetheless still important. And then he says, the time that you have left, again, imagine that clear vessel, is the stuff that you should fill up with sand. Those are the things that should be literally fillers. That would equate to things like email, phone calls, responses that await your decisions. Could be uh, conversations that are nice to have, but not necessarily uh, critical to have. So those sorts of things become the sand, things that fill up a typical day, but aren't necessarily going to get you the kind of impact that you're wanting to make. So as you think about how you planned for your time, really separate and do the deep work of figuring out what is or are your big rocks, your priorities, the things that you uh, really want to get done. And I would even encourage you, if this is a new uh, behavior for you to, to keep top of mind, take just a small post-it note and write your big three to five list and stick that right on your computer screen or on your laptop uh, keyboard. Keep the top three to five things you want to accomplish. And I'm not talking about a to-do list. I'm talking about larger goals and priorities. What are those three to five things? And does the work you do, does 80% of the way you spend your time every week honor those three to five things? For those of you who have 15 uh, annual priorities, too much. You won't get it done. Uh, And some of those things I usually find are actually tasks as opposed to goals and priorities. So again, we'll cover that in a different episode. But in this case, really think about those big rocks Think about what those little rocks could be, and those might change day to day, week to week. And then know that you don't even need to plan for the proverbial sand because that's going to make its way to your calendar. The goal here, though, is to really limit and control the amount of sand that you add in. Because if you put the sand in first, you won't have any room for the little rocks, much less the big rocks. So again, it's having intention and control over your time. So for those of you who, again, really enjoy handouts or, or job aids that can help you focus on this, feel free to go to KimberlyKleimanLee.com forward slash time, and you can download a workbook uh, that I created for this purpose, and uh, hopefully that will help. So let me introduce you to parts of that workbook, and then again, I encourage you to go to uh, my website and just download it. It's a freebie, of course, so I just want you to be successful here. So the workbook itself is called Manage Time in 10, and there are 10 tasks that I think all successful leaders plan for, and I think they should do this annually. So if you have it in your calendar and you hold it sacred, the chances that you will um, move it or forget to do it will become safeguarded. So first thing, think time. I recommend uh, leaders, again, depending on your role um, and the degree to which you influence your company's direction, I recommend leaders spend one to three hours on this a week. 
So especially if you lead people, you're going to want at least an hour to think through your talent. So it's impossible, I think, to do your job well if you don't make time to think about that job. So this is where I would recommend you grab a cup of coffee, a quiet corner, a clean page and a pencil, and really think through the top three issues you anticipate for the week, the upcoming week. These could be uh, employee issues, talent issues. Uh, Do you have an open position on your team that you really need to concentrate and, and fill desperately? Do you have a talent issue? Um, There's a conflict, a concern with performance, et cetera. Do you have a customer concern? Um, Or are you trying to influence a client to jump on board with your product or services? Do you need to offer difficult feedback or resolve a conflict with a peer? Do you need to research a best practice or for a uh, maybe a nagging business challenge that you want to resolve? You need to schedule time to think. The second of those uh, top 10 tasks all successful leaders uh, build into their calendar is one of gratitude. This is a personal philosophy of mine and quite frankly, one that I learned, I think, too late in life. So we really practice this in my home because I want this to be something that my children uh, make just a natural part of their being. This is where I'd recommend you take 10 minutes at least. So this is minimum 10 minutes to recognize someone who made your life better easier, maybe more fun or more fulfilling. Um, If you don't yet have personalized stationery, I highly recommend you invest in that. In this age of digital, uh, we've kind of lost the art of the written thank you note. Um, And I think those now have even greater impact than they once did. So uh, again, for those of you interested in some personal stationery, I'll throw a couple of my favorite links in the uh, show notes. Handwritten notes just show a sense of sincerity of thought um, and that that particular recipient was worth the extra effort. So although most of us are working from home right now, uh, I'm sure you can easily find an address to flip that note uh, into the postal service and, and get that to them. It will have special meaning, especially knowing how much extra effort went into uh, designing it. Email, of course, is always an option in terms of showing gratitude but do aim for the personal touch whenever possible. If you're going to show gratitude via email, uh, another great best practice is if you're going to show gratitude to a um, employee who is more junior to you um, or who has another manager in a different part of the company or organization, copy their leader on that message of gratitude. It will give them kind of a a double um, sense of accomplishment and uh, appreciation. You want this, again, to be exponential whenever possible. Another great best practice that I heard, gosh, this is probably going on another 15, 17 years ago, and I have done it almost always since. I carry five note cards with me wherever I go. Uh, They're in my uh, notebook. Um, They can be all different uh, sizes, shapes, etc. I tend to keep a lot of cards in my office, and I just grab five every week. And the goal is to have those five note cards out of my binder by the end of the week. So by Friday, I will have written and disseminated five note cards. Now I do this liberally. Anywhere I go, someone could receive a note card and I try to do it in a way that's um, a little bit stealth-like, if you will. I don't make it very obvious. So It might be for a person who checked me into a hotel who went the extra mile and made sure that I had um, special accommodations. It could be 
to a client who was working through a really difficult situation. And I really appreciated the way in which they handled that. It could be to a an employee who's really having a tough time or, or showed up really, really well and surprised even themselves. It could be to a, one of my kids. I have three kids, three teenagers, and I think it's super important for them to know when I recognize when they do something well. And here's a thought. How about a little recognition for your significant other or your spouse to let them know that you're so grateful for everything that they do and how much they've added to your life? So again, Use the concept of gratitude liberally, um, and it's really just a way to show appreciation. But more than that, it's a way for others to recognize that you see them and that you are um, really fortunate uh, to have benefited from what they have offered you. Number three, the calendar analysis that I talked about before. Take 10 minutes every week to evaluate the way you spent your time last week and to really predict the way in which you think you're going to spend your time next week, make edits as you need to, and do better. Number four, reading and learning. In this case, commit to lifelong learning. Schedule 40 hours of formal learning every year. So more is better, of course, but 40 hours um, can get you a really great start. Do a deep dive, explore new content, meet experts in your field, study best practices, uh, and learn new ways. So some of you might be thinking, oh my gosh, 40 hours, how do I ever fit that in? Well, it can add up pretty quickly. So think about, is there a class you want to take? Something you've wanted to learn or get better at that you just haven't put as a top priority? Is there a conference you want to attend or even better, a conference you want to speak at? Well, sign up for that in January. Is there a business you've wanted to study and you want to call someone and get a tour of their facility, meet with several of their key leaders and learn again about how they do what they do so well? So think about how do you read and learn with a rhythm this upcoming year? Aim for 40 hours and build in some time every day if possible. Here's another little tip for you. Subscribe to something called Apple Plus. For those of you who have all the Apple products, iPads, iPhones, etc., this will be a really easy one for you. It used to be called Texture, and it's a magazine subscription. It's probably 15 US dollars every month, but it gives you access to hundreds of magazines where just perusing those will help you get better and think much more creatively and broadly about the problems that you face at work. I oftentimes will take a snippet of those particular articles and send them off to members of my team or clients to, again, help them uh, think differently as well. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes, too. Number five, exercise and meditate. I think for those of you listening to this podcast, you probably already do this pretty well. But if you're new to this, check out the apps 10% Happier. There's a book by the same name, which I absolutely highly recommend, or the Calm app for support with meditation. Do 10 minutes every morning uh, and afternoon if you can fit it in, and you'll be amazed at how much it increases your focus, your energy levels, and will reduce your, um, your stress level. So this, again, is a game changer. Exercise and meditate almost daily, if possible. If you're new to exercising, a little tip, download the C25K app and start with a bit of running and walking. That's what got me started. And I still on occasion will pull that up to give me a sense of rhythm. 
Put that into your calendar and honor that. If you need to switch the time in which you do it, make sure you switch it before you cancel it. Number six, networking. Schedule one to two conversations that keep you connected to your function, if you're in HR, finance, or legal, for example, or your industry. If you're in heavy industry, uh, food service, retail, etc. Make sure you know what's going on in your function or your industry around the globe and in different organizations. Maybe networking to you means uh, connecting with a career sponsor, person who believes in your talent and wants to see you go further. Maybe it's not only finding, but connecting with mentors. I'd also recommend you do the same for mentees. Maybe it's uh, checking out um, an external expert, somebody you've read about in a magazine or someone you heard at a conference. Maybe you need to connect with new employees or talent within your business that you admire. Offer a meal or a cup of coffee or even just a quick phone call to ask a couple questions, take a few notes, and just be better for it. Add to your network through a webinar or conference. I always have LinkedIn up on my uh, computer. And as I'm in meetings, uh, listening to webinars, uh, connecting with perhaps new folks, I will uh, send them a LinkedIn notice to make sure that I can uh, not only add them to my network, but know how to leverage their great talents uh, when I might need them. So the time to be networking is when you don't need one. You guys know that. So for those of you who are a little short on how to network, or maybe you're a little shy or nervous about how to get started, or or perhaps you just find yourself, quite frankly, uncomfortable with doing it, um, I've got a, a little power tool for you. So go to KimberlyKleinanLee.com forward slash connected for more ideas on that. As we round the corner on this top 10 list, number seven is uh, also a monthly task. Uh, look to seek and develop talent wherever possible. The best leaders are coaches, and they take an interest in the talent around them, and they know how to scale it, quite frankly. So how can you offer and, and stretch uh, an assignment for a talent? How can you delegate one of your favorite tasks to help somebody else get just as good at that task? How can you deliver tough feedback or practice a presentation with a nervous coworker? Uh, can you offer a colleague, someone in your network who might be able to help them solve a problem that they've struggled with? Be generous when it comes to developing uh, and seeking your talent. Be the leader everybody wants to work for. That's what this is all about. Number eight, quarterly, can you plan some relaxation? Can you plan a way to rest? Maybe it's to vacation, take a four-day weekend, connect with friends, take your family away for a bit of joy. Make sure you plan for, put it in your calendar, uh, your vacation. There's certainly always opportunity for you to do some things on the fly, but most folks, especially those in Western, uh, Western culture, do not plan enough time to rest, recover, and re-energize. Number nine, annually, again, make sure that you sign up for an industry or function conference. Uh, make sure that you seek out events that make you better. If you already attend uh, industry conferences, check out something different like a leadership conference or a conference that one of your favorite magazines might be sponsoring. Learn something new, do something different. And finally, number 10, this is a tough one for folks. Become the kind of leader that can give and request feedbacks liberally. So the ability to offer and ask for feedback, I think, are, are some of the most powerful work skills to have in your toolkit. So when you're observing another colleague or perhaps a direct report, 
And there's an opportunity to offer that direct reporter, that colleague feedback on how they did. And if you're doing it with the noblest of intentions, take that opportunity. Hey, Joe, I thought you did a fantastic job with uh, that report. It was some really difficult information to uh, to uh, share with the group. So thanks for making that effort. I think we're all better for it. Or Sue, um, it seemed like you really had a tough crowd in there. I'm happy to debrief that with you if you want to take a couple minutes and walk over and get a cup of coffee. Or if you attended a webinar or a conference and really appreciated something that someone had shared with you in that conference, feel free to offer that as well. Uh, or if you sense that a direct report is struggling with a particular project that they're working on, this is a chance to give them a call and maybe just express some concern. I sense that you're really struggling. If you're up for a couple ideas or you just need a thinking partner, schedule some time on my calendar. Again, you're in control of that. And uh, let's talk through a couple of things that, that might get you over this hump. So again, giving and requesting feedback is so critical. But remember, you need to have earned the right to give that feedback. And the easiest way to earn the right to give feedback is to request feedback. Show folks that you're open to feedback from others. And then once you're given it, help people understand that you plan to be thoughtful about it and hopefully even take action on it. Expect this practice of every team you lead. Um, and again, by modeling uh, that you're open to it and you'd expect the same of yourself. So those are the top 10 scheduled tasks I recommend every leader add to their calendar in January. Now, if you're hearing this uh, episode and it's well past January, do not fret, start now. So take this top 10 list. Again, you can go to KimberlyKleimanLee.com forward slash time to get a uh, detailed worksheet on this one. Um, but make sure that you take back control over your calendar by building in the things that matter, focusing on those critical uh, tasks and then allowing the rest of your calendar to fill in with things that are necessary and important uh, and decline the things that just aren't. Well, that wraps up this very first episode of Do I Dare? I hope our focus on time gave you some inspiration to spend your time in a different way. Feel free to pass this information on to those you think might benefit from it. But most of all, I hope you start now and start small by reclaiming your calendar and starting to uh, get yourself set up with all the right ways in which you want to spend this upcoming year of 2021. I can't wait to stay in touch with you as we continue with our Do I Dare podcasts. We will again be back next Tuesday with another episode focused on time and another way for you to just know more and hopefully do better. Until that time, thanks so much. And we'll be with you soon.